Chapter thirty two of The Glory of the Conquered by Susan Glaspell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter thirty two The Doctor Has His Way. It was in response to the doctor's telephone message that Ernestine went down to his office one afternoon a few days later dr parkman had been detained at the hospital they told her but would be there very soon and so she sat down in the waiting-room which was already well filled were there always people there waiting for him and did they not sometimes grow impatient and want to find a doctor who would not keep them waiting so long the woman sitting near her looked friendly and so she asked don't you get very tired waiting for dr parkman oh yes sighed the woman very tired then why don't you go to some doctor who would attend to you more quickly she pursued moved chiefly by the desire to see what would happen the woman stared grew red and replied frigidly because i do not wish to all the other patients were staring at ernestine too why don't you do that yourself asked a large woman with a sick-looking small boy i guess if there was anything much the matter with you you'd be willing to wait said a pale woman with a weary voice and then a man she was sure that the man was a victim of cancer said loftily a doctor you never have to wait for isn't the doctor you want the only thing seems queer to me said a meek-looking woman taking advantage of the outbreak is that he don't look at your tongue down in indiana where i come from they always look at your tongue there's a lot of questions he don't ask she ventured looking around for either assent or information he asks all there's any need of the first woman assured her i guess you aren't very sick turning witheringly to ernestine and then they went back to their waiting those who had rocking chairs rocking those who had magazines reading or turning leaves at least some just sitting there and looking into space it must take away all sense of freedom to feel that people like this sick people for whom everything was hard were always waiting for one she would tell the doctor how she had been well-nigh mobbed by loyal patients they were like a great family she knew well enough they did considerable grumbling but her remark put her without the fold and from her as an alien criticism was not to be brooked by the glare with which the first woman still regarded her she was sure she was suspected of being an agent sent there by some inferior doctor to try and get dr parkman's patients away from him ernestine was tired and she believed she would have to admit that she was nervous she had been working harder she supposed than she should but the further she went the more she saw to do and something from within was eternally pushing her on as she waited her mind turned to the stories that office must hold how much of anxiety and suffering and sorrow and tragedy and occasional joy it must know the mothers who brought children whom others had declared incurable how tense these moments of waiting must be for them the husband and wife who came together to find out whether she would have to 
half the operation how many of the crucial moments of life were lived in such places as this the power in these doctors vested the power of their voice their slightest glance in holding men from the brink of despair who could know the human heart better than they they did not meet the everyday men and women well groomed with restraints and pretense for it was an hour when the soul was stripped bare that the doctor looked in upon it men wore various things to various people but to the doctor they came very close to being themselves too much was at stake to dissemble here when phantoms of fear and death took shape in the shadows one sought the doctor and told the truth she had a fancy which moved her then she saw the men like dr parkman fighting darkness down in the valley while from the mountain peak adjacent men like carl turned on as with mighty searchlights more and ever more of the light and what were the searchlights for if not to be turned down into the valley what time did you go to bed last night he demanded after they had shaken hands in the inner office why did you see the light she faltered she had made a promise against late hours the light no but i see your face now and that's enough was it too or worse just a mere trifle worse and truly doctor i didn't mean to but but don't you know it's hard to stop when you feel just right for a thing why one can't always do things at the proper time she expostulated no and one can't always keep an abused nervous system from going to pieces either did you ever stop to think of that but you'll look after the nervous system she replied ingenuously now that's where a lot of you make the mistake i can't do anything at all without the cooperation of common sense well i'm intending to be real good from this on she laughed but it is so important that i know everything he laughed then too a very destructive notion tell me he said when he had settled himself in his chair in the particular way of settling himself when he intended having a talk with her have you been rewarded in all this by any pleasure in it whatsoever i don't mean he made clear anticipating her just the pleasure of doing something for carl but has your work given you any enthusiasm for the thing in itself doctor it has and that was something i was afraid of but you should have heard me talking to mr ross the other day when he made one of his patronizing remarks about mere science i believe that when you work hard at almost anything you develop some enthusiasm for it mm, a rather doubtful compliment for science it was rather beastish she laughed but you see in the beginning my face was turned the other way he gave her one of those concentrated glances then and how about that never feel any more like heading the other way she smiled and the smile seemed to be covering a great deal oh sometimes the perverse side of me feels like turning the other way there are many sides to us aren't there but never mind about that she hastened that is just something between me and myself i can suppress all insurrections there was a pause she leaned back in the big chair and was resting he had seen from the first that she was very tired no desire to back out 
he threw that out a little doubtfully she sat up straight she looked first angry and then as if she were going to cry doctor tell me am i that unconvincing hasn't the winter this winter he interrupted gently has proved that you knew what you were talking about when you came to me last fall could i say more than that i only asked the question he explained because this is the last chance for retreat and then he told her watching the changing expressions of her responsive face but at the last there was a timidity a sort of frightened fluttering but doctor am i ready can i really do it there is so much i don't know the consciousness of which is excellent proof of your progress my idea is this in any case it is going to be hard at the first you might go on another year and of course be in better shape but i don't know just what carl would be doing in that year he's in need of a big rousing up and as for you after working the year with him you'll be a long way ahead of where you would be alone so it argues itself that way from both standpoints i made up my mind when i was out the other day that carl needs just what this is going to give you think he looks badly she flew at that relinquishing all else you think carl's not well i didn't mean that but he needs the hope the enthusiasm activity this is going to give hasn't he been splendid this winter she asked softly those very deep warm lights in her eyes did you ever see anything like it doctor i thought i knew something about courage he replied shortly but carl makes me think i didn't i don't believe there are many men could turn from big things to smaller ones and grow bigger instead of smaller she said with a very tender pride they say scientists are narrow and bull-headed wonder what they would say to this and there is another thing to remember we have seen the results of the victories only carl hubers knows of the fights i know of some of them said ernestine simply yes he corrected himself you and before we quite deify carl we must reckon with you he could not have done it without you he would not have tried she said and the man turned away that look was not his to see when she recalled herself it was with a sense of not having been kind why did she say things like that to dr parkman after carl had told her and you doctor she said in rather timid reparation i wonder if you know what you have done for us both oh i haven't counted for much he said almost curtly it would have worked itself out without me but even as he spoke he was wishing with all his heart that there was some way of showing her what they had meant to him he did not do it for a soul which has been long apart grows fearful of sending itself out fearful of making itself absurd they talked it all out then going at practical things in a very matter-of-fact way and now said the doctor i have a suggestion it is more than a suggestion it is a request a little more than a request even a command she smiled at him you know he began how it is with the athletes sometimes they become overtrained which is the worst thing could happen to them a good trainer 
never puts overtrained men in the game now my dear enthusiastic friend she was looking at him in that intent way of hers i've noticed two or three times that you've about jumped out of your chair at some meaningless noise in the other room your eyes tell the story oh there are various ways of reading it you're a little overtrained before you tell carl the great secret i want you to go away by yourself for a couple of weeks and rest you mean that i should leave carl she demanded i do i want you to have change rest and for that matter a little lonesomeness wouldn't be a bad thing you'll be in just the right mood then to put it all to him when you come back he'll be in just the right mood to take it oh but doctor you don't understand i can't leave carl there are things i do for him no one else could do why you must remember he's blind she concluded passionately she was not easy to win but he stated his case and one by one met her arguments yes carl would be lonely but when she came back he would be so glad to see her that he would be a much better subject for enthusiasm than he was now she also would be in better mood if you tell him now he said and he makes some objections says it can't be done ten to one as you are now you will begin to cry a nice termination for your whole winter's work you must go to him just as you came to me in the beginning overwhelm him take him whether or no and you're not right for that now it's just because i'm bound this thing shall go through that i insist you do as i say couldn't carl go with me she asked quite humbly her eyes pleading eloquently he showed her kindly but very decisively that that would not make the point at all there followed then but a few final protestations where would carl think she was what in the world would he think of her going away and leaving him like that who would look after him what if he needed some help he didn't get suppose he grew so lonesome and depressed he just couldn't stand it on all of which points he somewhat banteringly reassured her other men had been lonesome now and then and it had not quite killed them beeson and ross were in the house and there was a good maid who adored dr hubers as to where he thinks you are i'll tell him half the truth that you are a little nervous and i have prescribed change and rest but she would not agree to that carl would worry she said we'll tell him instead that i have to go to new york to see about my picture it will be easier for carl if he thinks it is about my work he yielded to her judgment in that and agreed to the further compromise that if she found she could not possibly stay away two weeks she might come back in one it was the change the going away the getting lonesome the doctor wanted most of all he wanted to lift her clear up to her highest self that she might have all that was hers to give when she told her story to carl and of course doctor she asked anxiously when the time comes you will talk to him too tell him you feel i can do it trust me for that he said briefly but where is it i am to go she laughed as she was ready to leave he told her then of a place in michigan an old nurse of his 
had married and was living there and he frequently sent patients to her as boarders i have written to her and she wants you to come he said well upon my word before i so much as said i would go why certainly he answered looking a trifle surprised for three days perhaps five i want you to sleep you'll find her very tired once you let go then you can walk in the woods i think it's going to be warm enough for browsing around and you could think of carl he said with a touch of humour and a touch of something else and of all this is going to mean i've thought a great many times of what you said about the statue there's something mighty stirring in that idea of unconquerableness there is she responded a great thing you know is worth making a few sacrifices for you've made some pretty big ones for this now make this one more haven't you been laying claim to great faith in my judgment oh yes as a matter of judgment only very well then be lonesome if you must be lonesome i hope you will be it's part of the treatment and then you'll come back and in your first burst of delight tell carl just what you've done when he says it's impossible you'll just laugh you'll get him to try and then the day is yours out on the street she stopped half a dozen times in the first block thinking she would go back and tell dr parkman she couldn't possibly leave carl why he's a terrible man she mused half humorously half cheerfully sending wives away from husbands like this wanting people to be lonesome just because he thinks it's good for them i'll not do it i'll go back and tell him won't but she did not go back she felt dr parkman might look unpleasant if a patient came back to say i won't no one would ever get up courage enough for that she concluded mournfully so i'll just have to go End of chapter 32